I have a treat for you. I have my pastor uh, and my spiritual dad, Bishop Donald Green. Uh, he's going to be the teacher for today. And um, Bishop Green is the, you were at San Francisco Christian Center for how long? 44 years. 44 years. He was the senior pastor of San Francisco Christian Center. Remarkable ministry, both uh, in terms of preaching the gospel, uh, but also transforming the community uh, in very concrete ways. And, uh, and so you remember the first time I met you uh, coming out of seminary? You remember the first time I met you? <laughs> I, 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 I showed up in his office because I wanted to study how they did church there. And I was so nervous to meet the bishop that I went with uh, mismatched shoes. <laughs> Total mismatched shoes, guys. I just tripped out. But 32 years later, he's my spiritual dad. He's my bishop. He's been with me all over that whole period of time. God just knitted me in his heart. I don't know another way to say it. He has promoted me over the years, almost single-handedly before I came to the Bay Area. Gave me a national preaching ministry, saying to his friends and family all over the place, people, partners, etc. You know, you need to hear this person preach. Uh, it was because of Bishop Green that I ended up preaching at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. And out of that, they ended up calling me uh, as pastor and as teaching pastor. And out of that congregation, NBCC was born. So I can say, Bishop, that if it wasn't for you, there would be no NBCC. So I want to thank you on behalf of this congregation. This is why, guys, I want to make sure that you guys get a chance to hear from him and uh, you haven't heard from him in quite some time. Some of you are new. You haven't heard from him at all. And so uh, in the next few moments, the teacher of the moment, Bishop Donald Green, my pastor, my dad. All right. All right. God bless y'all. Good morning, NBCC. And let me say I thank Pastor Herman, your senior pastor, for that great introduction. I appreciate and love him so much, and I appreciate his ministry. He's been a real blessing to many, many people. I, I esteem him as one of the premier preachers of the day because he's a great communicator. But what I appreciate more about that he's a man of integrity, and I'm glad that I can say that he's my friend and brother. And I'm just glad to know that God is with us as we walk during this time in life. I want us to bow our heads in a word of prayer at this moment. Father, we thank you so much for your love and kindness and your tender mercies towards our life. As I always tell you that I can't do this without you. I need your help as I share this message with your people. That you will anoint these lips of clay and that you will build these words in the hearts of your people that we might grow from faith to faith and knowledge to knowledge and grace to grace and love to love. In Christ's name we pray, and we thank you for it. Amen. We're living in challenging times. Changing times. Combative times. More people are being aggressive, belligerent, Argumentative. And what we call the good old days are no longer the good 
all days. I just heard on the news the other day where it said that some 3,700 people had a number of incidents on our airlines today where either they had to be arrested or tied up in some way or another. People just mean spirited seemingly today. But this is the kind of day that we are living in. You see, church, this pandemic has called a new paradigm. Therefore, I pray, Lord, help us. Teach us how to function during these changing times. I need to pray that again. Lord, help us as Christians. Teach us how to function during these changing times. This morning, this morning I want to encourage you to admonish you, admonish you I should say, to stay in the race. Don't give up. Don't compromise. Don't throw in the towel. Now I want us to look at the book of Hebrews for a moment. The 12th chapter. And I want to look at verses 1 and 2. Reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking into G unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thus the reading of God's word. And I have entitled this message this morning, Be Encouraged. Be Encouraged. Say that to yourself. If someone is there with you, say it. Be Encouraged. Now, I want you to get the setting of this text. Because the writer of Hebrews has given us a real picture of a race. And the stadium is filled to capacity with spectators. 
People that have already ran the race. Some are there watching and looking in this big stadium. And then there are some exhortations that he tells us to get rid of all the access weight and the clinging entanglements. You don't get ready to run a race with your jogging suit on. You have to strip down and be prepared because you're not just in a race, but you're running to win. And I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture, there are three movements that I want you to consider this morning. One is looking back, looking within, and then looking upward. I trust that these three movements will encourage you not to quit. Now I can hear and I know, I'm sure, uh, that you have those super Christians. That's what I call them. I can hear those superman and wonder woman Christians saying, looking back, I'm not looking back for nothing. That's what's wrong with the church today. They're too busy looking back. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying go back. I'm saying don't look back. I'm talking about looking back, rather. Not don't look, but I'm talking about looking back. Because when you look back, it can give you some momentum to keep on moving forward and to stay in the race. You see, in my own life, when I get discouraged and overwhelmed, I look back at how God saved me how he provided for me. And that encouraged me to keep on going. Now, I know I heard you say, you know, Bishop, you're a bishop of a church in the churches and you get discouraged. You get overwhelmed. Well, yes. 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 There have been times in my life that I was discouraged. There's times that I had to look back and think about what God has brought me from and where he's taken me to. Let me just share with you a couple of things that helps me when I look back. I think about the time when my wife was in the church, but I didn't want to have anything to do with the church at all. At all. 
But one day I decided that I might go to church just to please her. So I went to church. And when I got there, the minister was inviting people to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And for whatever reason, I said in my heart, I said, God, if you want me to become a Christian, let this man walk right up to me. I'm not the preacher, not, but I just pointed to a man in the congregation. And that man that I pointed to walked right up to me and said, wouldn't you like to accept the Lord as your Savior? And then my whole personality changed. I said, no, get away from me. I, and I hate to say this, but I said, I don't want this junk, and don't bother me with it. I look back at that. But a few minutes later, I found myself in the bathroom of that church, and I had some dope in my pocket, and I was throwing it away with the cigarettes and the dope, and I threw them away. And I ended up in our prayer room at the church that we have even today. I don't know how I got up there. And I was on my knees asking God to forgive me of all of my sins and to come into my heart and make me a new person. That was in 1959. I'm saying this for a purpose, for a reason. 59. God saved me. Deliver me from the powers of sin. That was in 1959. And in 1966, I became the senior pastor of that same church. Seven years later, that's scary. I don't even like to think about that. This was a large church. A lot of preachers coming through. But somehow God's hand was upon my life. So when I get discouraged, I think, I look back at that situation, and it gives me the momentum to keep going. God, you can do that for me. I know you can help me in this situation. Let me just give you one other one, because I want to spend my time talking about myself. But let me just give you one other. There was a time when, after I became a Christian, I lost my job. And after losing my job, I was going selling some bottles in the store on Randolph Street in San Francisco. And as I had these bottles in my hand to go to the store, someone had lost $2 and they, right at the entrance of the store. But another lady was coming from the opposite direction, and she picked up those $2. And under my breath, I was complaining to God. I said, you know, God, here I am now trying to be a Christian, trying to live for you, trying to serve you. Why didn't you let me find those two dollars? Say, well, two dollars. Well, that was a lot of money when you don't have a job in those days. So I went into the store. I sold the bottles. I got what I needed to get. Coming out from the store, got in the car, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and for whatever reason, I could see a bill. In the, in the underneath a car in the parking lot. 
And I stopped the car halfway on the sidewalk in the street, and I ran back and got on my knees and reached underneath that car, and there was a $10 bill. And the Lord said to me, I had 10 for you, not $2. I hope you see what I'm trying to tell you. It's those kind of things that when I get discouraged, when I'm dealing with life problems, when I'm dealing with life issues, when I feel overwhelmed, I reflect on a number of things such as those kind of things. And I say, God, if you could help me in those days and all the things that you've done, you are the same as, as yesterday as you are today. And that you can help me in these situations. And it's that the time, looking back, that gives me momentum to keep going forward. Are you with me? You see, the very, verse, very first word in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, therefore. Therefore causes us to look back at chapter 11, at those heroes of faith who had weathered the storms of life, who had gone through different experiences, and yet they kept the faith. Some paid with their lives, but they kept the faith. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of trials and temptations, they kept the faith. Tormented, afflicted, they had to move from their homes and had to live in caves and dens. Yet the Bible says in Hebrews 11, they kept the faith. That these heroes of faith, these believers in the grandstand, showed great endurance. Now, some of you are saying, but Bishop, you don't understand the time that we're living in. Well, let me just say this. When I look at the heroes of faith, what I call the heroes of faith, in chapter 11, nor name is mentioned there. And nor lived in a time when the wickedness of man was so corrupt there were universal apostasy to the point that God said that he was sorry that he made man. Can you imagine? And you see, my friends, Noah did not bow down to the social pressure of his day. Do I need to say that again? nor did not bow down to the social pressure of his day. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Genesis 6, 8, and he walked with God. And church, I want you to know that we, during this time that we're in, we can make it. All we need is a little more grace. 
God, give us more grace so we can walk with you as Noah did. And you know what grace is, God's enabling power, enabling us to be what we could not be and to do what we could not do. God's grace. And for us to make it during this time in our lives, with all the pressure and all that's going on around us, we can make it if we have the grace of God in our lives. Well, this brings me to my second movement. Looking within. The scripture says, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. In the natural, weight speaks of body bulk, excess weight. But I like what Dr. Lord Ogilvy, who was the pastor at one time of the Hollywood Presbyterian Church, and he was the, also the, the chaplain of the Senate. And I had the opportunity on a number of occasions to sit under his preaching and teaching at Mount Hermon. Great preacher, great man of God. But Dr. Ogilvy says, for spiritual athletes, that that can be a case of too many irons in the fire, too many dissipating interests, too many branches of good things that sucks the vital energy from the very best. And he goes on to say that this word weight may also mean overconfident or arrogance. And if we're going to be in this Christian race, we have to lay aside every weight that will so easily beset us. Lay it aside. They may be legitimate and innocent in and of themselves. They will hinder your race. That's why I'm saying to you, you must look within. You must look and decide what are the weights that need to be laid aside. I can't make that decision for you. I can't give you a list of things that could be weights, but I'm challenging you today that you look within yourself and say, what are these things? Although they might be legitimate, they're great things, but they're holding us back. They're holding us back. They're weighing us down as we run in this Christian race. Now notice the writer not only takes, talks about weight, 
But he goes on to say, and the sin that so easily ensnares us, entangles us, the sin which clean distracts, that trips us up. He said, but what are they? Well, I'm going to let you decide what those sins are. Because I could say something to you and say, oh, no, 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 that's not a sin, no. I want you to decide what they are. But one of those sins could be unbelief. Are we really trusting God, believing God, and to what he said? Church, we must run this race that is set, listen to that word, that is set before us. Notice the word, set before us. You see, as Christians, we're not strolling through the park. We have a definite path, a definite goal, a definite track. Hmm. It says set before us. And we have to run this race with endurance, with perseverance, with steadfastness. That's the only race that I know of is the Christian race that you run with patience, <laughs> with endurance, patience. That's what the writer is saying. We have a race. We have a purpose. God has a plan for our lives. And we must run that race that is set, set before us. Now, the writer is telling us to, he's not telling us, I should say, just to sit back and put up with the trials of life. That's not what he's telling us. You know, taking whatever comes. Whatever comes, I'm just going to take it. That's not what he's saying to us, I don't believe. But I believe that the writer is really telling us, the scripture is telling us to stand, to stand in the face of trials. By conquering and overcoming them. Stand in the face of trials by conquering and overcoming them. You see, church, you have to say to yourself, I'm in this race to win. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping because I can do all things through him who gives me the strength, who gives me the energy. Someone said these words. Faith makes a Christian. Life proves a Christian. Trials confirms a Christian. And death crowns a Christian. Mm. My, 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 my. 
Well, this brings me to my last movement. We look back. We look within. Now let's look upward. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yes, Hebrews 11, great chapter. And it gives us great examples of the faith. Endurance, fortitude. But the greatest example of faith and endurance is Jesus Christ. So while we are running, we must fix our eyes upon him. Are you hearing me? We must fix our eyes upon him. Upon him. Jesus is the founder and the designer of the race. He knows just what it takes. He is our example. And notice the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He took the abuse of God and man. And I don't have time, but if you could just, just read Isaiah 53, how it talks about how God bruised him. And yet Jesus took all of that. You see, the cross was a symbol of pain, humiliation, degradation. But the shame of all of this meant nothing to him, Jesus, because his eyes was on the prize. Jesus wanted to please his father and save us. We are the joy that was set before him. In other words, he looked way down the line and saw Pastor Herman coming to the Lord. He looked way down the line and saw Donald Green coming to the Lord. He looked way down the line and saw you and others coming to him and accepted him. And he stayed on the cross because of the joy that was set before him. Well, yes, others can inspire us. But only Jesus can empower us. And he does empower us moment by moment, day by day. The song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face.
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Church, I'm saying to you today, be encouraged. Stay in the race. Don't stop. Look back. Look within and look up, upward. God bless you. Wow. You see why I wanted you to hear from my pastor, my spiritual dad, Bishop Green. Can somebody just shout, be encouraged? Absolutely. All right. Listen, I want, I want to challenge you to take a step forward to begin to activate some of the insights that you just heard in this message. And the way we do that is with our connection cards. So if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on our web uh, page, uh, there's a link popping up right now and you can access that uh, connection card. Uh, otherwise, I trust you have the NBCC app. If you don't, right here on the screen is a way that you can download that app. I want to encourage you to go ahead and do that. It's going to be extremely helpful for you going forward. And when you access our app, you can simply go to the Sunday section, uh, the connection card section there. And under next steps, I want to challenge you the best way to move forward into the future, encourage, is to have Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and the Lord of your destiny. And the very first option you have is to be able to check that and say, yeah, I want that. I want him to be Lord, Savior, Redeemer. I want totally to entrust my life uh, to Jesus. You can do that right now. You can do that today. And then perhaps you're ready to reach. Maybe there's somebody else who's ready to return to your faith. You've walked away from the church. You've given up. But today you are encouraged to say, I'm going to go the rest of the journey, not only with Jesus, but with but, but, but with a congregation, and there's an opportunity for you to check. Yeah, I'm returning to my faith. And then perhaps there's some, uh, perhaps you'd like to have some additional information. There's a space for you as well. Now, here's a commitment I want to ask all of us to take. I want us to, us to make this commitment coming out of this message. Uh, and it's right here as uh, the message response. Let's just say this together. Regardless of life's pressures, I will keep trusting God. Yeah, that's the commitment. Come on, let's say it out loud again. Come on, let's say it. Regardless of life's pressures, I will keep trusting God. Yeah, nail that, pin that uh, commitment in your spirit. Let's make that uh, uh, the commitment that we live out every day. And then the reflection question will help us to kind of look at that a little closer. Here's a reflection question. What is one thing that makes it difficult? for you to continue to trust God. What is one thing that makes it difficult for me to keep trusting God? I want you to find that one thing. I want you to pull it out. I want you to talk to God about it. Talk to some other believers about it as God begins to help you to move to that next level of faith. Okay? Listen, whatever you do, I want you to make sure you get back here next weekend. I'm starting a brand new series called Detox. Can somebody shout Detox? Yes. Coming through the pandemic, there's a whole lot of stuff that has shown up in our ways, way of thinking and interacting that's kind of toxic. We want to identify that stuff and get that stuff out of our systems and replace it with the stuff that God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, wants to implant in us as we prepare for the future that God has for us.